episode of the Source of Zeal podcast. Today we talk to Andrea Leonard from Education Prep Plus. We sit down with her to talk about what she's been doing with the young students in high school, getting them ready for college and beyond, as well as what Education Prep Plus is, a company that she started on her own. So I hope y'all enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. We are here with Andrea Leonard, founder of Education Prep Plus. Hey Andrea, thanks for coming on. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be a featured guest. I think this is my first podcast with my company. So this is the first one that I'm doing as as a representative of Education Prep Plus. Awesome, awesome. Glad that we could be the first one. So... Kind of give a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what Education Prep Prep Plus does. Uh, I always get people tongue-tied with that. So um, I am Andrea Leonard. I'm a native Washingtonian. Um, I've been in the D.C. area my entire life, a graduate of D.C. public schools. Um, after my formal education, I went on to North Carolina Anti-State University, home of the Aggies, um, where I got my undergraduate degree. Uh, once I graduated from A&T, I came back home and started my education career not in the way that I expected. I was actually on the corporate side of education as a proposal writer for Blackboard Incorporated and all of our students and uh, colleagues out there in uh, higher learning know what Blackboard is. You log in, get your homework, get your assignments. Mm-hmm. So that was the early part of my career um, straight out of college and then I felt I wanted to make a bigger impact um, with education. So I left the corporate arena and became a teacher. Uh, My first teaching job was at Friendship Collegiate Academy in Northeast. It's actually in the neighborhood where I grew up. Um, And I taught 11th and 12th grade English there. I started off as a substitute and then I became a full-time teacher. And as I taught there, I really became... Um, so in love with the college process, um, the college preparation process, rather. Um, we had a class there. It was um, college readiness, uh, something to that effect. And what we did was we took 30 to 45 minutes out of the day, and it was mandatory for all the teachers to do that. Um, and you talk to your, what, what kind of, it's kind of like your homeroom, it was advisory about college and career preparation. So that was the teacher's time to kind of freestyle and move away from the standard curriculum of whatever you teach, science or math or whatever your um, discipline was, to really talk about careers and college. So we could bring in guests, um, college representatives. Um, because I taught in the upper school, I always had uh, 11th and 12th grade students. So that was my time to talk about my college experiences and helping them with their applications and financial aid. And I had one student, I helped her uh, apply for a scholarship and she won. And I said, wow, like this is so much better than um, teaching English. So from there, I transitioned to be a college access counselor, where I worked for the District of Columbia College Access Program, also known as DCCAP. And I worked there for four years, and I worked at schools um, such as Banneker, Washington, Math, Science, Technology, which is now closed, um, also known as WMST, and um, at IDEA, Public Charter School. So I worked alongside those counselors to help them with their students um, with the college process. And from there, I just continued to move forward 
and Education Prep Plus was born last year uh, where I founded my own college access uh, college access counseling and consulting company. So what I do is I work with families privately and I work along with schools and some nonprofits to do college counseling, one-on-one counseling, consulting, workshops, financial aid, scholarship searches. Um, last year was out. We just turned a year old in May and I had clients in, yeah, I had clients in DC, Maryland, and Virginia. Um, all of my clients, um, with the private assistance of education prep plus, uh, won external scholarships. And, And that's what we seek to do to reduce the cost of college and make sure that families know what all the options are, um, and definitely find those scholarships. And we don't have like a certain criteria where you have to have a certain GPA um, to get help. It's literally just for students and families who are looking for that post-secondary assistance. Okay, that's that's nice because that's that's always something that type of information is always something that the the high schoolers like the your junior year, senior year. I remember going through that whole process of just sitting down with my guidance counselor and saying, "Hey." these are your choices or like, these are your options and stuff of that nature. Uh, how have you seen like the, um, I guess, how have you seen the students reacting or like their reception to education prep plus and kind of all the information that they're getting from you? Cause I know probably for them, you know, that junior and senior year is probably a hectic and probably a hectic and confusing time because you're just getting so much stuff at one time. You know, you're worried about graduating your classes, but then you also got to do scholarships, um, essays and all that. So how has the students like reacted to it? How have they taken in all that information during those periods? Um, It's always very receptive. Um, Just to, you know, be clear, I have clients who, you know, those are my private clients, but my page, well, my social media pages and my website is what we call free game. I'm always offering free information. I've had countless uh, conversations with students who are not my clients that will send me a direct message and um, ask, you know, what do I think about, especially with the pandemic going on, do I think mm-hmm. tuition will go up? Will they be able to stay on campus? Um what resources I have, where can they find scholarships? And I'm always open to help students um, and families and parents and colleagues. And I think I I, I also should say, because I've had uh, about 10 years in working in the schools and with families in the DC area, um, that's a bit of an advantage. I'll I'll say that much, Um, but it's always receptive. And I I like to look at Ed Prep Plus. Yes, we do private counseling and consulting, but um, we're also a community resource. I actually had the opportunity, humbling opportunity to become a community partner with my high school last year. So the high school that I graduated from, Eastern Senior High School in Northeast DC. And um, I came in and did a workshop on just, you know, mindset and career readiness. Um, And we did some fun activities and it was kind of like full circle for me to be able to do that and to come in the building and work with my private, my private clients. Um, So it's always receptive. I've talked to students, parents, sometimes grandparents who may be raising a student headed to college. They're always receptive. And I think 
um, myself as well as uh, there are many other colleagues that do the same thing that I do with their own companies. And I think that we give them a scent, a peace of mind that there's a way to navigate despite what's going on. And even if things weren't going on like they are, um, there's a way to navigate this. So um, they're, yeah, they're always receptive. And, and, I, and I like to be seen as a community resource and, and not something that's just, you know, cut and dry, like, well, you have to set up something and pay yeah. for this for me to tell you anything that I know you can find on the internet. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great that um the students are able to reach out to you as well as their parents and their guardians, because you know that's always it's it's like I said it's it's a stressful time especially during that time and then also you know maybe you may not know who to reach out to or you may feel like the guidance counselors or whoever at the school may just be too busy because they're responsible for so many students that the fact that they're able to reach out to you. And they're able to reach out to you using social media because that's how the kids. Mm-hmm. That's where they are. Yeah, that's where they are right now. So that's great to hear that they're able to reach out to you. Um, and how have you seen? I mean, you've been doing this for a while, and we've seen how even shoot past five years how technology has constantly been improving. How have you seen the type of information for college or college preparedness? How have you seen it change from when you first started, you know, in this field to like basically now as Education Prep Plus is growing? How have you seen technology change, I guess, for the better? Because, it, you know, the accessibility, the information is there. But are you seeing that the students are utilizing it and has, has it been improving for their benefit? Um, it's definitely been been improving. I'm just I, I know you said um, the time frame from when I started my education career, but I would be remiss if I didn't think about how it was when I was doing oh, the college yeah. application process. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was I guess for some people feel like it was many moons ago, <laughs> but um, they're not that old. So I, I just remember <laughs> like you know filling out the FAFSA yes. on paper mm-hmm. and. Um, filling out, uh, having to hand deliver um, my items for other opportunities. And it has definitely, you know, gotten better. I can say from a college access counselor standpoint, I started college access counseling in formally, I started doing it in 2014 and it's 2020. So we're talking about growth over a six year span. Um, as an example, I can talk about my colleagues down at the DC tag office. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, you know, we would have like so many hiccups with trying to get the application in now. Like it's, it seems like a, a more smooth integration with being able to upload certain documents. The FAFSA has just changed drastically over the last, I would say, two years. Um, just the look of it, you know, it, it looks friendlier. It, it seems, you know, a, a little easier to navigate. Um, it's not as overwhelming. Yeah. And, and I actually attended a, a conference um, right before the pandemic. It was at, that was actually the last time I was a, around a lot of people. <laughs> and we were talking about the language that's used on the federal aid forms. And how sometimes, you know, we have our families, especially our families who may be in areas, rural areas, um, inner city where, you know, they, that that language about the loan counseling. And it's not, you know, it, it 
sometimes it can seem overwhelming and it may not be student friendly. Um, and that's why sometimes, you know, kids or parents will just sign on on something. And then when they're hit with, oh, you know, you didn't do X, Y, Z, they just wanted to hurry up and get it done. But there have been um, great efforts to make things more more friendly as far as technology, even in the infographics. Um, my good friends at the Federal Student Aid Office that do community outreach, um, I actually did a webinar with them maybe a couple of months ago. And the presentation, the graphics, it was just, you know, students and families attended. And that delivery, I wish I had that as a student um, because it j- it didn't seem like, you know, you were signing your life away to go yeah. to school. <laughs> but they really put things in perspective. And now with this pandemic, it's forcing everyone to kind of get with the times and make things that are user-friendly for mm-hmm. everyone. So, I definitely will say that the face of um, how education uses technology has has definitely gotten it's gotten better under stressful times. It's it, and it's something that probably was needed a long time ago. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I I remember those days too of filling out that password, and it's it's just so much information, so much. The wording, the language, like you said, it, it does get intim- intimidating. And sometimes you just like, listen, I just want to get this over with so I can move about my day. Um, and like you said, it's this is a, this is a major decision. This is a life, you know, you want to say it like that, but it's a life altering decision because it's like, you know, this is the next four years or how many years you may be in school. You know, whether it is from how you're going to afford it, how you're going to pay for it, scholarship grants and stuff of that nature. A lot of times people may not take the time to read that, understand that, what their responsibilities after, if they get a loan and stuff of that nature. And, you know, I know in the past and if we've seen it uh, as it as it grows, how people fall into these situations where, you know, they don't know everything. And I think, like I said, what, what, edu- what it looks to be that Education Prep Plus is doing is giving these students and these parents and these guardians that, hey, this is the type of information that you need to make sure that you're reviewing before you go about signing mm-hmm. anything. Because once you sign your name, they're like, nope, you owe us or you're responsible mm-hmm. for this no matter mm-hmm. what. And so that's that's great to hear that there is an organization. There are people out there that are putting the time and effort to give these students these information. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, as you say, you know, we're in now the situation of the pandemic, everything that's happening where People are basically focused more at home instead of being out. Um, during this, during these times, have you seen maybe because I guess now we are in the summertime, so at this point, most students have have some type of idea what they're going to do for college. But I think no one knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But have you seen like an increase of students or parents reaching out because they're like, hey? You know, I can't go into I can't go into my school to find this information. Where can I get this information? Have you seen the the increase of like re, um, communication with students because of the pandemic? Um, I think what I'm seeing is, I mean, I think we're all doing it. I, I think everyone mm-hmm. is just kind of doing this day by day. Um, I can't say. I, I I can speak for my clients because my clients for this 
school year, they were a part of the class of 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, I started engaging them in these conversations about what if before the hammer came down that this is what it is. So um, I have students who are headed down south for college, you know, headed up north for college, the West Coast. Um, and And I reached back out to all of them and said, hey, you know, Um, I think, and this was around March when GW, I think was the first college in this area to suspend classes. And in that Mm -hmm. same week, uh, a DC high school, uh, well, I think it's actually a high school slash middle school. I think they have multiple grades. Um, They decided to shut down their campus for cleaning for possible exposure. And when they did that, I actually moved everything virtual because I was at the time I was working with students in their homes. I was coming to their schools. The city is small. Hey, I have a friend that goes to so-and-so. They were exposed. So I had to, you know, protect myself. And once I moved everything virtual, I started to reach out to them and say, hey, you know, there's a possibility this thing isn't going to go away anytime soon. So I want you to really consider what options will be if you can't actually go away to school? Like, is your school going to be prepared for virtual learning? Do you think it's not worth the money now since you're not going away that you just pick a state school and, you know, transfer when you can go actually, you know, go on campus? Um, so I, I was in the process of preparing them early for, you know, some big changes and we were having those conversations ahead of time. I can say as far as reaching out, um, again, it is more of a day by day thing and shameless plug. I am having a college prep workshop on Tuesday, the 28th, um, it's via zoom, of course, um, at 6 PM to talk about some of these things. Um, they have just been more concerned about safety and I've spoken with some parents have, you know, they have spoken with their children and say, Hey, you know, you may want to consider deferring enrollment. Um, maybe you just need to stay home and until things, until some numbers go down, because some of them were considering going to school in hot spots, um, yeah. New York, uh, California, Florida. So, um, yeah, they are just more concerned about safety. And then some of them don't even know how the school year is going to look. And I think I can speak for a lot of us who uh, may who may not be directly in a school, but we service schools or service students. We're really waiting to see what that platform is going to be like and how well it works mm-hmm. before we, you know, jump ahead. So, what I just try to do is say, okay, in any event, let's at least get your FAFSA done. In any event, let's look for sustainable scholarships because even the pandemic has hit some scholarship organizations. Yeah. I saw a lot of scholarships were suspended for the year mm-hmm. because they rely on those donations, but you know, money is tight. So it's just day by day. And I think mm-hmm. that's how everyone has to take it right now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because, um, yeah, like you said, we don't you don't know what's going to happen. Shoot, we don't know what's going to happen in the next month. You know, things right. may change, you know, and I know, I mean, based on just just based on the news, I know the schools are also just trying to figure out the best way to go about this. Like you said, the safety and the concerns of the students. Um, so, you know, they, they had this idea, you know, they, they're prepping for this, you know, I think 
most of them are probably thinking worst case scenario, I'm gonna be home and I'm gonna have to do my education at school. Have they, you know, outside of just getting to that point, have they also kind of reached out to you to see what are the tools or what are some of the equipment, you know, like computers um, or just act, just more assistance on how to go about Zoom calls and stuff of that nature? Because I know that's a big change, you know, from high school, you're every day in front of a professor, a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, you're interacting with the students, you know, you're able to pick up more knowledge that way because, you know, you're able to sit down with someone X, Y, Z, but now you have to do it all virtual. So you're always in front of a computer. You are, you know, you don't have that easy access maybe to the teacher or to other students have they've asked or maybe have you gotten like some tips for them in the sense of okay we're going to be virtual for whatever maybe for a year like these are kind of the things to prep you for that like have you a system in that in that sense i actually haven't had those kind of conversations as of as of yet um and again i think it's just because they're not even like thinking that far but i will say that um when in when when I do have interactions with students, I make sure to emphasize um, that, and even if they're not my clients, that this is going to be how it is for a while. So, you want to get used to, um, you know. <laughs> treating it as if it's a job. So you want to get up, get on time, um, get get to in front of your computer on time, make sure that you are, you know, you look decent and you're not zooming as you're rolling over <laughs> in your bed. Um, and, and to make sure that you set the tone, but that also goes for adults. Um, you have to set that tone. So whenever I do my consultations or my counseling sessions, I come downstairs in the home office and the background looks like it's, it's an office because it is. I don't, you know, jump in front of the camera with, with snacks or anything being very <laughs> lax. I'm I'm treating it like it is my job because it is and um, making sure that that students have that too. But also, I'm very, I'm, I'm very much an advocate from taking a break and stepping away, um, mm-hmm. because of how things are. Our kids are spending more and more time, even more time, on the phone and on a computer. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in going outside and getting some sun on your face. Like, go for a walk. Um, there are going to be some days when it's just not going to happen. You're not going to have it in you. Um, you have to push, but sometimes you have to take a break. Um, I think mental health is very important as well. Um, this break has not been good to some folks, and that includes adults and children. So um, whatever you have to do to self-care, make sure that you do it in a safe way. Um, but, just, but just keep in mind that um, regardless of what's going on, you know, you want to maintain your respect and your professionalism and um, just do things that, that work for you and, and reach out if, if something isn't working for you, because we also have to be realistic that some of us, and again, this includes adults, we're trying to teach and counsel and we have kids and nieces mm-hmm. and nephews and animals, and it's all kind of noise in the background and it's frustrating. So, yeah, yeah. um, I think it's, I think it's best for everyone to, 
kind of just find out what works for you because it's really no standard answer for everything. For sure, yeah. There's not. I mean, we like you said before, we're all learning as we go. So it's something that everyone is just trying to figure out, and I mean, that is one of the most important things. I know we've spoke about it in our previous episodes, where mental health is important. Understanding, taking care of yourself, and stuff of that nature is important. So, you know, just taking that time apart, and I think you know, like you said, these students and as well as adults, like we're we are in front of a screen from when we wake up to almost to when we go to sleep. Because mm-hmm. now you have no commute, you know, you're not on the bus, or on the train, or in your car. You're literally waking up, going to your office in front of a screen and to TV. And a lot of times people tend to forget like, hey, you know, go outside, relax your mind because you burn out, you're, you're nothing. And, you know, you can't come, you can't work at your best potential if you burn out. And I think that is one of the biggest things that's going to happen. This is something that a lot of the students are going to have to like adjust with and kind of learn. And, you know, I think this is this like what we have in this conversation is important because students are going to need, you know, kind of some of that guidance because, you know, when you're young, at least I'll say when, when I'm 18, 19, 20, I'm like, yo, do whatever I got to do to finish my class or finish my my project or whatever. You forget about, hey, maybe I should like take a break, mm-hmm. let my brain like relax, absorb this information and then come back. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be something to adjust. And, um, you know, as we go upon this however long this may take, we're seeing that students are going to have to adjust. The education system is going to have to adjust as well. Kind of how things have been, and this goes into my next question of, as we've, you've seen how the, the system, you know, how you go about the whole process throughout the educational step, you know, you go to high school, from high school, college, and I at least say based on my experiences of like, you know, if I go to high school, you know, my parents are always like, you got to go to school, you got to do a four year, you got to get your bachelor's and master's, X, Y, Z. Have you seen like some of the students that may have reached out or even just in general, just seeing how students are adjusting a change in that where they may say, I don't want to go to a four year. Maybe I just want to go for a local uh, community college, get my two year and go into the workforce or go straight into the workforce or even focus on a, a skill, a vocational school. Oh, um, I, I don't know if I don't know if I can say I've seen an increase. I mean, because honestly, I you so for what I do, you know, it's college and career prep because mm-hmm. I feel like you can't mention one without the other. I can't mm-hmm. talk to you about college if I don't talk to you about a career. Yeah. But all of my clients um, are college bound. Mm-hmm. However, I do have conversations with students who um that's not the track that they want to go and I'm an advocate for you know picking up a a skill um that's not at a traditional four-year school and I tell people all of the time you know um we need cosmetologists we need auto mechanics we need uh Mm -hmm. people who electricians you know we we need those people and when you can't get one and you can't find one or you don't have one, you realize just how important they are. It's kind of like the activity people do. They say, okay, I want you to try to pick up something or write something. 
don't use your thumbs. You don't realize how important your thumbs yeah. are until mm-hmm. yep. you say, oh, wow, I, I use this a lot. And I'm an advocate for that. I can say that um, just as someone who uh, has worked in, in, in within, within and alongside the school system, um, some educators would actually, you know, kind of be, you know, depending on where you were, would be reprimanded for uh, encouraging students away from, you know, jumping into the, I'm going straight to a, a college, whether it's a two-year or four-year. And, you know, that gets into a whole nother conversation about, you know, people talking about, oh, our rates for how many of our kids are going to college and numbers and and, and politics and, and the numbers game. But um, some students are really, you know, they are really skilled and really talented. So, you know, I have students tell me all the time, um, and, and I'm glad that even when I was in the school system, that they felt comfortable enough to tell me, you know, I'm not going to college. Because sometimes, even if it's unintentional, we can give off the, the vibe that I wear college shirts every day, my office is full of college pennants, I'm always scheduling college visits and college tours and college, college, college intuition that there's no room to talk about, well, I want to do vocational. I really prefer to go to, you know, a school to do a trade for a year or two. And and that's what I want to do. Kids will feel intimidated. So they'll just kind of go along with the college train and um, they won't, there'll be no one in the building that's honing on what they really want to do. Um, but I always tell students, if that's what you want to do, you know, go for it. I have mm-hmm. connected students with vocational schools and whether it's a beauty school or it's electrician school or an auto mechanic school or um, anything that you don't have to go the four year route for. I, to, to be honest, when I was in the 12th grade, um, I wasn't sure about college either. I had mm-hmm. and this was in 2003 so we were just off of the you know 911 mm-hmm. i you know really considered going into the military i had a recruiter i filled out the um you know the initial paperwork they were saying okay you know once you do this and you go to maps and pass your health stuff and you know they were saying oh you know you can travel and i said well i Okay, that's that's fine. I you know because I was been first generation. My mom and dad you know didn't go to college, but they were they knew I was gonna do something, and I was an honor student, so I wasn't just gonna like be home and not do anything. And I tell people all the time, it's no shame. The reason why I ended up going to college and fell in love with the idea is I saw a drum line. I don't know why people <laughs> want they want this grand story about, oh, my mom is an alum of alumna, alumna of something, and my dad. That's that's not what it was. I went to that theater in December 2002, and I saw that movie, and I said, wherever that school is, I want to go there. <laughs> And I found the closest thing to it. And maybe 10, I think at the time, 10, well, not 10, maybe about six or seven of my classmates from high school all were going. And and the thing is that we were all cool. We weren't like necessarily best friends, but we were all really cool with each other. So I didn't even go alone. I went down there with people I had spent four years of high school with. Um, But if it wasn't for that, 
you know, I wouldn't have went, but I don't think that I would have been any less successful than mm-hmm. I am today. So I am definitely a, a supporter of, of students going to a vocational school. And like you said, there may be some kids who are considering um, not doing that. And some of them are considering, I just need to go to work um, because the pandemic may have probably did some financial devastation to their family. And I, you know, I tell them whatever, this is the trajectory of the rest of your life. If you can find some support, because sometimes the support won't be from family. If you can find support and sleep at night about it, then, then that's where your heart is and that's what you should do. Yeah, for sure. Um, cause it's, it's always, like I said, it's a difficult decision and that's a cool story that drumline got you motivated to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, it's always been like, yeah, my mom told me my, my family, you know, they've, they've always wanted me, you know, and that first generation thing is also something cause same thing for me, like I'm the first, well, my parents went to school, but I'm the first one to graduate. Okay. So it's you know, you get that extra motivation, like, okay, well, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna complete it, you know, and they're gonna feel very proud. But, you know, it, like you said, it's a lot of times it's just having that support and um, kind of, I think also like generational differences, like what you said, like, when you was coming up, first generation, you, you know, you're the one first going into the venture of whether it's military or whether it's uh, college or stuff of that nature, higher education, you know, that decision, you have that extra bit of motivation where, I, you know, the generation now, they may be second generation or even third generation where, you know, it might be the motivation is continuing that that line of, you know, going to higher, higher education and, you know, following your family's footsteps. Or you may see it as, you know, that's like you said, it may not just be something for you. You've seen what your parents may have gone through. They may have told you, you know, this is what college is. But again, when, when their parents went through college, it's different from what it is now, especially now, but just in general. Um, I think, like you said, just having that support of like whatever decision that they make is very important because if you if someone tells you, hey, you're doing the wrong thing at 18, you know, at that young age, that sticks to you more than when we're when you're a lot older because when you're a lot older, you know, you, ha- you know more information. So you're able to, you know, uh, you know, evaluate those decisions easier because you you understand everything when you're younger you're like all right well this person is you know doing xyz and they're successful so i'm gonna just follow their route it's more of they have to find out what they truly want to do with themselves and you know i think that is that's always important because those are the young times of your life life passes by you can't afford to just say, oh, I'm going to just do whatever instead of just saying, you know what, follow your passion, follow what you feel great about and work towards it, whichever, whatever way it may be, whether it's higher education, vocational, um, or into the workforce. Very true. And then, so, you know, we, we spoke about kind of how things have been changing, how students, you know, going to have to adjust how they're seeing the educational system, maybe, you know, they, there's now many different options for them. Like we said, information is one of the key things for these students to make their decisions as well as for their family. Cause I think also myself growing up, that information wasn't easily available for me. Well, I wouldn't say it wasn't, but they didn't, no one showed me where to get that information right. because growing up, same thing, technology. Yeah, I was on the, 
at the like the line of where the internet had every information to like where it is now. All you had to do is pick up your phone, type in Google anything, and you can find that. Has the students, because all this information, have you seen the parents or the students become, uh, I guess, more more questionable about the process of like maybe they they maybe they're asking, well, why do I have to do the FAFSA? You know, why do I have to do this essay? Why does the school need my SAT? SAT? Why do I have to do these tests? Have have they been more? You know, they've been have they been questioning kind of the process because you know, they have the access for, for more information. They're seeing maybe other schools don't require it and some do, um, you know, have they, have they been more like questionable kind of trying to figure out the deep dive of like, why is this process in place? Um, I feel like, I, I think it's, it, it depends case by case. Um, overall, if we're talking about students, they're going to ask why anyway. So whether we are in a pandemic or not, or applying to a competitive school or not, um, you know, they get that senioritis immediately. So they're always asking questions. Um, I would say that as far as questioning the process and, 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 you know, what it is as far as information, and I, I'm speaking for families and students I work directly with, I try to prepare them for, um, prepare them that part of part, there are certain parts of the process that may seem invasive, but that's so that you are packaged the best way possible. Okay. So as an example, students who are, I had a few clients who were applying to very competitive schools and they had to complete something called the CSS profile. Um, if you're familiar with that, it is like the FAFSA on steroids. So, you know, the FAFSA will ask, you know, your information, mom, dad, legal guardian, income taxes, do you work? Yes, no. You know, okay, I'm not lying on this form. It's a government form. Submit. We'll let you know what happens in one to five days. Um, with the CSS profile, it's like, what cars do you own? What year are they? Uh, what values do you have? What assets do you have? What bills, you know, do you have um, private tuition bills for other children in the house? Um, and, and the reason why it's not because it's a, I got you, you know, it's, it's not a thing where they're trying to catch you up. They're just trying to make sure that if there are funds there and you really need them, that you'll get them. So I always tell them, you know, regardless of, of what's going on, um, this is to make sure that you are packaged in the best way possible. But if you do have questions about why certain things are in place in comparison to another school, always ask. I, I think it's and it could be because, you know, they feel better with the expert asking. They'll say, well, can you ask? I'm like, no, you, you can ask or I can sit with you and we can call, you know, or I'll listen in. But um, especially with our students, because they um, and I, I blame this on the phone, even though I'm, you know, I'm young, too, but 
everything, if it's not through a text, they just like freeze up on the phone and it's like they're talking to like the boogeyman on the other end. I'm like, oh, say your name, you're a prospective student or you've been accepted. You want to know why. And it, it you, you need to get used to that because that's life. You're going to always um, ask why. The only thing that can happen is that you can get an answer, even if it's not the one that you want. So um I definitely tell them to, you know, if there are questions about things, make make sure that you ask. Um, if, if something seems a little weird or out of whack, you know, ask. I have had students ask who have applied for scholarships, you know, in some of the, uh, not from a college, but from uh, outside agencies or organizations. Well, why do they need a picture? And I'm like, I don't think they need a picture for anything crazy. I think they want a picture for like when you win, they can just put it on the website. But, you know, ask. And But I also tell them, make sure that they're sending you something called a media release because you're a minor and they shouldn't have access to your pictures unless your parent or guardian says it's okay. So, um, yeah, I, I think the as far as students go, they're always going to like ask, why do I have to do this essay? Why do I have to do, you know, do this information? But I definitely tell the parents, like, it's, it's really no one's, you know, no one's filling out anything so they can report it to some agency to get you locked up for something, <laughs> you know, like, oh, we caught her. Like, no, that's, that's not what it is. It's, it's always in your best interest to make sure that if there's $5 that is owed to you, that you get it. Yeah, everything as, as much as possible that's owed to you you're able to get and that's and I think that's great that students do question I think that's needed in general because a lot of times it may even be that like the questions or the information that they're gathering sometimes it, it requires people to question it so they can update it because sometimes it may be old or just even improve it so that they can ensure that the people are getting like you said if it's money related, they're getting the most money possible, or if it's connecting them or um, putting them in the right programs or situations, that it that it's being done properly. Uh, so that's it's always great to for that their questioning and, and the family's questioning, and also, you know, the perfect you know talking on the phone. Even to this day, too, sometimes I'd be like, man, do I have to really call them? Like, can I just send them an email and it just but. It, you just get stuff done quicker over the phone because it's like you said, it's direct. They give you the answer or they don't. And then you just have to follow up or they just give you the answer that you don't want to hear, but you got what you wanted from it. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about, you know, ed education prep plus talked about your origin, kind of like how things have been changing through the pandemic and, you know, how students are going to be adjusting um, and I have a question that, you know, we usually give our uh, guests and the question more is related to the community in general. You say you, you know, congratulations on you being a part of the educational system, your, your community as well, being able to provide information to the students and help the students as well as their family to get them into the better in better positions, whether it is through college, vocation, whatever it may be, but you are providing them something that they need and that is great to hear but uh my question is what does community mean to you oh wow um so community for me is uh it is it is an effort to make sure that you know no one is shortened 
whether that is, and it's a collective effort. And that can be with education, that can be with finances, that can be with supplies. Um, and community looks different to, to different people. Um, community is not always, oh, I know everybody. Sometimes you can get with strangers and build a community to make sure that no one lacks. Um, you know, as an example, someone started a group on Facebook called like the virtual, virtual school support. Um, and whoever did it, I, the name escapes me, is, is someone local. So they're in like D.C. or Maryland. And from what it looks like, she has a family. I don't even know if she's an educator. She has a family and she just started a group like, hey, we're parents. We have kids. This is how it's going to be. And we need help because we're not some of us aren't teachers or some of us are teachers. So we have to teach our students. But then we have our children at home. And I don't think most people know each other. But at this point, I'm speaking with families who are looking for college prep help. Um, there's someone who does SAT help who's talking to families. There are parents talking about uh, let's what, what virtual incentives can we give? Um, what about doing some kind of virtual tutorials for students who like to play instruments? Um, everybody is working collectively to make sure that no one is left behind. And, and that's, you know, and I don't know any of the people in the group, but that's a community. Um, students build communities within their, you know, groups all the time, whether it's a study group or a cheat off your paper group or, <laughs> you know, um, so it's getting, it, it's being with like-minded people who are making sure that, you know, like we, we say in our own community that if I'm going to eat, you're going to eat too. Um, and I think when, just one person doesn't have that mindset, things can fall apart. So it's all about um, making sure that everyone pushes forward so that everyone gets ahead, I think, and I may mess this up. There's an old African proverb that says something like, if you want to get there fast, go alone. If you want to get there together, if you want to get there together, go as a group or, or, or something like that. It's something to the effect of working together. I'm sure I didn't say it right, but yeah, it's just making sure that everybody, um, everybody benefits and, and everybody works. No, that's, yep. That's great. I mean, community, you know, there is no wrong answer to that. It's always it's something that I'd like to ask just to see, how people take it, you know, what the, what are their thoughts of it and kind of how it connects, you know, what the, they see to themselves, how does everyone connect to one another? And that was, and actually when you brought, you brought something up there that I, that just popped up in my head, and this is a, kind of another question is, have parents reached out in regards to help on teaching their, their kids of like, maybe, like you said, finding different resources to like, SAT prep or uh, um, instruments and stuff of that nature. Has parents reached out to you and say, hey, um, I need help because my kid is asking me about, you know, this subject and I cannot help them. 
Yeah, um, I have, uh, I've had, I've had students, uh, sorry, parents, families have reached out and part of education prep class, we actually do offer, offer tutorial services, but they are very limited because, um, the main focus is college preparation. So if the college prep resources are all like, if we're booked up for college prep, then there's no, there's no, there's no time or there's not going to be any effort to tutor. Um, but tutorial services are offered. They grade seven and up um, in reading, writing, and comprehension. Uh, but I have had people reach out. I actually had someone reach out this summer about her daughter. And although she did meet the grade level, I didn't think that I had the resources for her. So again, community, I reached out to a, a fellow educator and fellow college classmate and say, you know, I think she would be a better person for the job. Um, so, and I and I've done that for my clients as well, setting up setting them up with um, people who are experts in their field, and and they are either current or former teachers who have the time. So um, I, I've had that happen. They have reached out, um, and if I can't provide the service, um, I do provide them with someone that can. As far as giving them assistance with actual instruction, I haven't had that. And that's not something that I probably would do just because I'm not, um, you know, I'm not a curriculum writer. And there are certain parts of education I've never wanted to dive into, like being a principal or writing curriculum and and things of that nature. Um, But advice that I do give is definitely linking up with fellow parents, asking them what they are using. Um, talking about, um, talking about, uh, you know, what resources are out there, reaching out to the school, um, making sure that you're talking to the teachers. There are certain resources online that are great and the students do use them and they're familiar with them. That's great. That's great to hear that the the parents are still acting and they have at least some, they have ways to connect with at least one another, or you can direct them to the people that they need help with. So we talked about everything. So how can people reach out to you? How can they, um, if they have want more information on Education Prep Plus, or maybe they have, you know, their child is going into, or a student is in their junior year, going into their senior year, they want to reach out to you. How can they, re- how can they reach you? Sure. So I think that um, the most popular way that I'm, I usually hear from um, families and students is on social media. So on Instagram, we are E-D-P-R-E-P-P-L-U-S, Ed Prep Plus. That's Instagram. Um, we've done a lot of lives. We did something called the Countdown to College Campaign this spring and ended it in June. Um, we spoke to a lot of college representatives and those interviews are still up. So if you're looking at several schools, I may have spoken to a representative and all those answers may be there. Um, so Ed Prep Plus is the most popular way. Uh, but say the most, second most popular way is Facebook. It, again, Ed Prep Plus, E-D-P-R-E-P-P-L-U-S. Um, we're also on Twitter, Ed Prep Plus One. Um, we tweet a little bit, not a whole lot, but we do tweet. <laughs> Uh, and my website, which is actually educationprepplus.com, is the whole name of the org. But you know, for for 
um, shortening purposes, I usually just go by Ed Prep Plus. Um, you can also reach out to us via email, um, our telephone number 202-888-5448. All of that information is available on all of those social media platforms and on the website. Um, response time is usually fairly quickly and we're happy to speak to anyone. Now, my clientele is usually in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Um, but you know, if you have questions and you don't live in this area, you want guidance, you know, we don't turn people away just because, you know, you don't live in this area. That's great. Great. So Andrea, thank you once again for coming on. Um, this was a very, very insightful conversation. It's always great to hear, uh, people out there helping the young, the youth basically in their process in becoming adults and making sure they you know, they get the right education, the right information before they make those life-changing decisions. And it's I know it's always stressful, but it's great to hear that there's people out there helping these kids throughout these times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm always happy to help, and I just wish everyone the best of luck, those who are heading to college, those who are already in college. I usually have some college students who are also always reaching out for help. I don't service college students. However, if you do reach out to me, you have questions, I will respond to your questions and point you in the right direction of some resources. So I really don't turn anyone away. Andrea for coming on to the podcast remember you can leave your feedbacks or your thoughts on this episode or any other episodes on our IG Facebook or Twitter at source of zeal and you can also send us an email podcast at source of also please rate review share and subscribe to this podcast we would greatly appreciate it we would love to continue doing this thing and we would love to share more of these people that we talk to to you all and we want you all to share it out to the world so please just share it on out so everyone until next time peace